0: Lock
1: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Day, Todd Erzin, and Aaron McIntyre. They are here with me as well. Phone lines will be open next hour at 888-933-93. That's the number, 888-933-93 for next hour's weekly town hall. Here is what's on the table next hour. I received an email from a listener who was an enthusiastic Trump supporter four years ago and is thinking of abandoning ship right now. I'm gonna give you in the audience a chance to respond to him, react to him. You can agree, disagree. I'm not gonna put any ground rules on this at all. I I just want to, you know, we're we're being asked nowadays, listen more. Which let me tell you what that usually means. By the way, what that usually means is let me tell you
2: what I think and
1: what's up, and then you don't get to respond. That's what it, that's what Re- it usually
2: means, I, right? I, really, because I, I thought that silence was complicity. I, I'm kind of confused. Yes, yeah,
1: silence is complicity. If if indeed at the end of me telling you what I think, you don't nod in assent to every last morsel and syllable of what I just ranted about. That, that's when it's complicity. If you just sit there and say, hey, I listen to you. Okay. Well, then then you're complicit because the only positions you could have opposite me would make you an evil, terrible person. Right? Well, I'm actually going to listen. Because what's what's interesting to me about this conversation is I'm kind of on the other end of it from where I was four years ago. I mean, at this time four years ago, there was there was nothing. I mean, I got offered a personal opportunity to go meet one on one with Donald Trump. There was there was nothing, nothing that you could present to me that would get me to consider voting for him. It's just too many gambles. Um, to me, it was McCain, Romney, and Bush, but with less personal character, and there was no way I was gambling on that. Right? We did all those shows, right? Okay. Well, four years later, now that we actually have a record, I'm. I'm pretty sold on voting for him. I wouldn't say it's 100%, but if it was today, I'd go in and do it without any reservation at all. So I am kind of more interested in what other people think about this. So I'm just going to present his frustration, and then I'm going to get out of the way and see how you respond at 888-900-3393. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Show. And don't forget that you can get to samples of this show that you can view yourself and then share with others at YouTube.com slash SteveDace. YouTube.com slash SteveDace. I know more and more of you are considering homeschooling. Yet it foisted upon you here this year. And now you're thinking, you know what? maybe we can do this from home, but could we get a better curriculum? Well, you're not alone. Uh, 40% of American families are considering homeschooling more than ever before right now. And during the COVID-19, that's because they re-engage with their children's educations and realize, hey, I don't know if I really appreciate much of what they're being taught. Well, that's where Freedom Project Academy comes in. It is here to help your children get back on track with a live, interactive, online educational experience with students from across the country. And from the comfort, convenience, and safety of home, children can receive an accredited, classical, online education built on Judeo-Christian values for students K through 12, and they teach you at Freedom Project Academy how to think not what to think. If you want to get more information about this, spots are filling up fast with open enrollment about to begin. So don't hesitate. Get your free information packet right now at freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, our good friend Bob Vanderplatz will be joining us. I mentioned the weekly town hall coming your way next hour. But first, before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while
2: we were away. What Happened While We Were Away, brought to you by Bending the Knee, is the new Wearing the Mask. It was another weekend of super-duper peaceful protests. Just ask these Black Lives Matter demonstrators in Riverside, California. The protests were global as well, as thousands showed up in places like Parliament Square in the UK to protest police brutality in the... U.S. Also in the UK, protesters tore down statues, including this one of the slave trader Edward Colston. They also graffitied a monument to Winston Churchill with the words, He was racist. BBC News headline 27 police officers injured during largely peaceful anti racism protests in London. Back stateside, the name of the game was Bowing the Knee, like in Webster, Massachusetts, where Police Chief Michael Shaw gave in to protester demands that he lay down on his stomach. After that video cut off, Protesters reportedly heckled him, saying it wasn't enough. In Cary, North Carolina, Black Lives Matter organizers demanded that local city officials get down on their hands and knees and wash their feet. Stand
3: in the gap and on of, uh,
2: of National Guardsmen in Atlanta decided to dance in solidarity with the demonstrators. Hey. Senators in Washington, D.C. took a knee. Mitt Romney did the most Mitt Romney thing ever. And to make sure the people understand the Black Lives Matter. Protesters in Austin, Texas attacked a black police officer. The The pandemic of white guilt spread to the NFL as well, as Commissioner Roger Goodell taped what could have easily been mistaken for a hostage video to appease the mob. We,
4: the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully
2: protest. New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees flogged himself for the 666th time over the weekend. I
4: just want you to see in my eyes how sorry I am for the comments
3: that I made yesterday.
2: Freedom fighter David French, your thoughts? I think what he, a mistake that he made was that I think he got lost in the form
1: of the protest over the point of the protest. You don't take 345 years of legally sanctioned racism in a country that was often enforced by violence, remove it finally by the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and then
2: in the ensuing 56 years, solve everything. Well said, Mr. French. In Iowa, a flood of former University of Iowa football players voiced their displeasure with the atmosphere surrounding the program during their time there. Kirk Ferentz is the longest tenured college football coach in the country, but many of the complaints were lobbed at strength and conditioning coach Chris Doyle as instrumental a figure in Ferentz's tenure at Iowa as anyone. Former players complained of Coach Doyle's tone and borderline racist comments lobbed at them, mostly in the weight room. Doyle was placed on administrative leave over the weekend and issued 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 a statement defending himself as well. In response, Black Lives Matter activists vandalized Kinnick Stadium as well as the statue of Niall Kinnick, a World War II veteran and Heisman Trophy winner who died during a training mission. The Minneapolis City Council voted yesterday on their intent to disband the Minneapolis Police Department following the death of George Floyd at the knee of a Minneapolis police officer. Minneapolis City Council President Lisa Bender explained why on CNN.
0: Do you understand that the word dismantle or police-free also makes some people nervous? For instance, what if in the middle of the night my home is broken into? Who do I call?
4: Yes, I mean, I I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors. And I know, and,
2: and myself too, and I know that that comes from a place of privilege because for those of us for whom the system is working, I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like to already live in that reality where calling the police may mean more harm is done. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry, after letting the mob burn down a police station and generally letting anarchy reign on his streets and when he wasn't dancing with the protesters and when he wasn't asking for federal assistance to rebuild after the aforementioned riots, decided to show up at a rally over the weekend where this happened.
1: It's important that we hear this because if y'all don't
2: know, he's up for re-election next year. Yes, that same mayor who let the mob destroy a police station was booed and shamed to exile by that same mob for not supporting the dismantling of that city's police department. This part of the montage is called Virus. What virus? A group of over 1200 medical professionals recently signed a letter in support of the ongoing protests and riots across the country saying in the letter quote as public health advocates we do not condemn these gatherings as risky for COVID-19 transmission we support them as vital to the national public health and to the threatened health specifically of black people in the United States. This should not be confused with a permissive stance on all gatherings particularly protests against stay-home orders, end quote. Many of the letter writers came from the University of Washington's Division of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Not to be outdone, however, the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluations, they of the always wrong and never close to being correct models, which were the basis of the extended shutdowns in the U.S. due to COVID-19, tweeted this week in, quote, Racism and discrimination are critical public health issues that demand an urgent response. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. In Philadelphia, a stunning scene happened as thousands upon thousands of people flooded the center city in a demonstration. Up until very recently, you couldn't go to church in that state because of coronavirus restrictions. Also in Philadelphia, the top editor of the Philadelphia Inquirer newspaper has resigned after running the headline, Buildings Matter 2, a news story about the damage caused by looters and rioters. That headline was deemed as racist somehow. And finally, we end the montage where it began by bending the knee. Georgia State Trooper O'Neal Sadler gave up a weekend getaway with his wife this weekend to help police in Georgia with protests. He was asked to take a knee to show solidarity with Black Lives Matter when he said this.
5: I have much respect, but I only deal with one
2: person. And that's God. God died. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Aaron's Montage brought to you by Keeps. Kyle and Josh were both losing their hair. No shock since the dreaded male pattern baldness gene ran in their families, but the way they dealt with their hair loss could not have been more different. Kyle kept putting off getting a hair loss treatment, losing more hair by the day. Meanwhile, Josh went to Keeps to learn how to keep his hair because Keeps offers the generic versions of the only two FDA approved hair loss products. Therefore, they are the real deal and they saved Josh a fortune too because they were the generic versions. All it took was a quick online consultation. He answered a few questions Snapped a few pics of his hair. A doctor evaluated everything. Recommended the right FDA-approved hair loss treatment. Shipped discreetly to his door. That was the first time he had to leave his couch was to go to the door and get the package. Everything else he did from right there on the couch. If you want to get started with Keeps, half off your first order right now. That's right. Half off your first order at Keeps.com grow. That's Keeps.com slash grow. During the overtime today, we are going to talk about what is still the ongoing deconstruction of Drew Brees. Literally one of the most pathetic self-immolations and self-enforcing corporal punishments of the dude code I have seen in my almost 46 years on this earth. Now his his wife has decided to go ahead and remove whatever last vestige of his man parts once were there. She has decided to jar them up on Instagram or whatever social media outlet she's teary-eyed and crying on. (laughs) We will discuss this coming up uh, in the overtime today. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. That's BlazeTV.com slash Dace. If you want to watch it there, you can. If you're already a subscriber, if you're not yet a subscriber, that's where you need to go. Watching the scene with the Minneapolis uh, Justin Trudeau wannabe boy mayor, the rich... I'm thinking of a a description. Original, but I don't want to plagiarize anything. Let's go with um, rich young ruler. Think that'll work? Sure. All right, let's go with the rich young ruler who goes to the master, goes to his master. He sits there in the crowd. I mean, that's almost like a, if that was almost like a progressive parable. I had this conversation with my wife this morning. And And he sits there in the crowd and he says... Master, what, what must I do to be saved? I, I, I slaughtered all of these unborn children in your name. We did all this child sacrifice. I enslaved generations to debt. I, I unleashed drag queen story time hour. What, what else must I do to be saved? The master looks at the rich young ruler, knowing his heart and says, yes, you have done all these things, but there is still one more thing that you must do. Go home and defund the police. And you even saw in that video there, the mayor looking down at the ground, dejected as he walked away, knowing that that was a bridge too far, that 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 was a commitment that he could not make, which made all of the other acts of devotion worthless. Let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Let's move on to a story that a lot of you around the country are going to think is parochial. But it is not. It's cancerous. And it's going to metastasize. And it's coming your way. So get ready. I first got to know Kirk Ferentz, the Iowa football coach, 20 years ago, breaking into sports talk radio. Even though... I was um, not an Iowa fan. I'm still not. And kind of built a reputation for being an Iowa hater, skeptic, having moved here. You know, having grown up in Michigan and moving here, you know, it's weird now. I'm I'm getting my comeuppance now. But when I was growing up, Michigan just beat Ohio State all the time. I knew it was a big rivalry, but like I didn't live or die with it. I was under the assumption we were going to win like 75, 80% of the time. And we did when I was growing up. But growing up in the 80s, Iowa was a major team. And we were one versus two one year when we played the next year, we were both like in the top six or seven in the country, these games in three years in a row or three out of four years, the game came down to last second field goals and then was a tie. And then all my family's from here. And so if we lose to them, we come back here for Christmas or Thanksgiving. I got to hear about it all the time. I hated Iowa. They were the big rival to me because it was personal. So now I'm sitting here and, and, and someone had the, 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 the shallow wisdom to give a guy who is not a fan and maybe even can't stand the number one sports brand in the state, a three-hour local sports talk radio show in the state's largest city and said, go get him, <laughs> right? So how am I going to do this? And, and I realized I, I can't, that's when I first learned I can't contrive anything. If I don't really believe it, I can't do it. And I'm just never going to be an Iowa fan. But I, I can, I can become a fan of people. I can get to know the people, and so I made an effort to extend an olive branch. Got to know Kirk Ferentz as well as you can get to know someone that you're not in their home all the time. Okay, um, I mean, I got pictures, and I got pictures of Kirk Ferentz with my kids. I was around their program quite a bit, and he could not have been. Friendlier and extending the olive branch back to me. In fact, when I got fired from my first sports talk radio job and I got into a we were doing budget cutbacks and I got into a big argument with the program director about how he was handling his business And I let my temper get the best of me was out in the parking lot during a commercial break of my own show He fired me in the middle of my own show and then told me to go back on the air (laughs) So I think he wanted me to go on the air and lose my mind so that he could get out Get get away with you know, not having to pay me unemployment But I I went in there and just finished my show the the next day was or or um, no, no, that was actually in the dead of winter. When I got fired for my next Sports Talk radio job, because the station went out of business. So the, many firings th- It happened to a lot. Up. I got fired a lot, all right? When I got fired from my second Sports Talk radio job, the next day was Iowa Football Media Day. And that program director, who was still at my old station, when he saw the new station I was at went out of business, he took a lot of shots at me. Now, don't worry. That program director and I, he passed away a few years ago. Him and I reconciled. He used to come play poker at my house the last few years before he passed away. So it's all good, okay? That, that, there's no... There's no, I mean, it's all, we're boys. We, we had our fight, everybody threw their punch and now we're like buddies, right? Okay. But the next day he took a bunch of shots at me in the newspaper and I'm not that good and I'm overrated and cause he thought he had the last laugh. And, the, and, and, I, and I gotta go face all my media brethren, you know, with, with my name getting dragged in the dirt in the newspaper. And sure enough, first thing, who comes up to me at Iowa Football Media Day and starts giving me a pep talk? Kirk Ferentz does. Starts telling me about getting fired in his own career, how he thought his career was over. He might even leave football coaching. Now he has his dream job to hang in there. I mean, this, I mean, I, I, ha, I have a high degree. It doesn't mean I agree with every decision he makes. I don't agree with every decision I make. I can't, and I have to always throw the disclaimer out there because we live in this society where like somehow you can't like and respect people unless you agree with everything they think, say, and do at all times. And at, at any point you disagree, then that means you're a hater and, you, and the bridge is burned. I, I'm not playing that game. I love the guy. Used to know him really well. And if you've covered a college football team, here's something else you need to know. There is simply, and I say this as someone that loves Kirk Ferentz, there is no way that if his strength and conditioning coach was a racist for the last 22 years, because Chris Doyle has been there the whole time Kirk Ferentz has been, there's no way he doesn't know what's going on. No way. It's not possible. Why? Because it's the most important hire in any program after the head coach is the strength and conditioning coach, because they will spend more time with the players than anybody else, including the head coach, will within the staff year round. They're the only full time staff member that gets unlimited access basically to the players, because even though he can't force them to work out more hours than the NCAA mandates, the players can volunteer to come in as often as they want to work out with him. I mean, last year when Alabama's Nick Saban lost their vaunted strength and conditioning coach, this was like a national story because he was there the whole time with Nick Saban. That, this is an important hire. And there's no way if this guy, Chris Doyle, is a racist, there's no way Kirk Ferentz did not know. No way. But if Chris Doyle is a racist, and, and I'm, hey, I think we ought to hear what the players have to say. I keep being told, look at what the players have to say. I'm looking at what these former players are saying. And they're not really offering any specifics except shoe tying and hoodie wearing. And there were just different standards. What does that mean? Does that mean you couldn't listen to Wheezy, but you had to listen to Merle Haggard instead? I I don't know what that means. But, you know, you and I are are hitting are are getting close to 50, right? Correct. We're, you know, 15, 20 years younger than these guys are. But we're hitting that uh, get off my lawn, white, middle-aged or almost old white guy age, right? Sure. Would you be shocked to know if a coaching staff that arrived when dial up modems were still a thing? Okay. Would you be shocked to, and, and, cell phones, you, you were, you were rich if you had to flip cell phone and we didn't know what it, we were 10 years away from a smartphone. Would you be shocked to learn if, if Chris Doyle and Kirk Ferentz over the years got a little Gran Torino in him? No. No. If, 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 if people that have been there for too long or that long may need to be updated, right? What's the old saying? You live long enough to see yourself become the villain eventually. Right? Sure. Wouldn't shock me at all, and and I do think if you're going to lead young men, and young people, you do have to evolve. You do. Doesn't mean you give up timeless truths. Otherwise, you're rudderless. But but on some things that that were maybe in your era, like I hear from old people that listen to our show that get offended that I use the word sucks so much. That's a thing in your generation. In my generation, we just don't. We're just not hung up on it, and we don't care. So though, there are things that you do have to evolve on, right? Yeah. You have to evolve if you're going to relate to the young people of this day, right? Sure. Sure. Okay. And I could, I, I bet you that there's quite a bit of that in a program that's as old school as Iowa's. But here's why you need to care about this story, no matter where you live in America today. Because this is a program that has taken how many young black males and developed them into quality men. Developed them into graduates of one of the most respected public universities in this part of the country. And for many of them, gave them a shot at untold riches in the National Football League. And no one had a bigger hand in it than the guy whose picture's over my shoulder, Chris Doyle, because he takes those, those recruits that Iowa gets that aren't ever the top 10 recruits in the country I mean, Kirk Ferentz's mantra is: "We like to, we we sign guys that look like two and three star guys, and when they leave here, they look like five star guys." Who did all that work? Whose program is that? It's his. He did that all. There's no way Kirk Ferentz ends up the most the winningest coach in Iowa football history without Chris Toyle. Never happens. There's no way Kirk Ferentz may end up in the College Football Hall of Fame without Chris Toyle. Never happens. They need each other. And after all of those contributions to all of those young black lives. Suddenly, now he's a racist. Maybe he is. I don't know. We just had a couple—not more than a decade ago—we learned about a lot of priests that we thought were pretty mm. swell guys, and suddenly they found out we were—they were pedophiles, right? Yep. It—it all—it may be true. But don't you think before we end a guy's reputation, we got to go with a little bit more than a bunch of white social justice warrior media hacks? wanting to get their ratio on on a Twitter one night. Don't you think? Maybe we ought to, you know, the proverb says, one man's story seems true until you hear the other side.
0: After race riots and coronavirus lockdowns, I'm pretty sure that's just the standard for everything now. You don't, there's really no, right. You just get to
1: launch total destruction on anything you want. And let me go back to the Catholic church abuse scandal, because remember the reason that that scandal blew up even more then when we found out about the pedophiles is we had found out that people were reporting them all those years. Remember that Mm -hmm. they were just getting moved. They were getting shuffled around. You were encouraged to keep it quiet, but that's the scandal. The scandal is the church did know that that's why, that's why people are so mad because they knew and then didn't do anything. They still, and it wasn't until the Boston globe forced them out of hiding. And then they still took years of court settlements. And then we had another wave of this just a few years ago. Remember, All these years, not one black father stood up and said, hey, why are you turning my kid into some white bread culture? That's not how I raised him. He's a a proud young black man. Not one dad said that. Not one. Not one. All these years, I, I, I will guarantee you, Chris Doyle spends more time with young black males in one month during winter conditioning at the University of Iowa than the vast majority of white social justice warriors in the hmm. media will spend in their entire lifetimes. I guarantee it.
0: Which is usually what
1: racists do, right, Steve? Exactly. I, I, I guarantee a Kirk Ferentz spends more time in the living room of black America every recruiting cycle than the vast majority of white social justice warrior media hacks will in their lifetimes. And all those times he sat down, he sat down at mama's house to have dinner, all those times, not one time in the last 22 years did one mama come a, step up and say, I don't know, man, I, I just don't think that, you know, they like our kind at, at Iowa. And so what's happened here is, is a small group of white activists, social justice, local media people looking to get their ratio on instantly have blown this entire story up. And then when that, here's what happens when that happens. When that happens, if you're a black player and you like Chris Doyle, you're never coming forward to defend him because if you do, you're an Uncle Tom. If you're a white player and you like Chris Doyle, you're never coming forward to defend him because you're a racist too. And in fact, in the statement that he put out yesterday, Chris Doyle said, I was encouraged to be silent, but I'm not going to be. Let me translate what that means. I was encouraged to sit here and take my settlement check and walk away with my nice settlement and fall on the sword to save Kirk Ferentz's legacy. I'm not doing that. I'm not getting branded with being a racist when I'm not. Now, maybe he is. Lots of Catholic priests denied it too. Maybe he is. I don't know. But I think, is racism that you had to conform to old school culture from the 50s and 60s of a generation long gone by, that's racism now? Because when I think racism, I'm thinking they gave white players your spot instead of you, right? I, I'm, I'm thinking that um, that, that, you were at, that you were put at a competitive disadvantage, but yet a lot of these guys that are speaking out have degrees are in the nfl right now so so what what competitive disadvantage were they put through i don't know i'm asking but i think before you destroy chris doyle's life and if you destroy chris doyle's i'm sorry i know many of you don't want to believe this you're going to have to destroy kirk ferentz's too and chris doyle told you that yesterday by the way <laughs> all right he told you that yesterday i'm not I ain't, I ain't the one i ain't going under the bus alone it ain't happening all right because there's no way Kirk Ferentz had no idea what was going on in a strength and conditioning program this entire time. And so here's what this means to all of you watching me right now, if you're white. Here's what it means. I promise you that Chris Doyle and Kirk Ferentz have invested more. Even, even if all these, even whatever, because I still don't know what the specific allegations are. Even if anything comes out that is terrible, truly objectively terrible, These two individuals still invested more time in the lives of black families and young black men than any of you watching ever, if you're white, hardly, will likely ever be able to. And then imagine if nothing really bad comes out in the end and what was done to their reputations and their programs. No empathy, no benefit of the doubt. If, if, if two individuals that have spent the last 22 years contributing mightily to the improved gross domestic product of black America and the literacy rate and the college graduate rate of black America, if they're not given the benefit of the doubt, then when you are charged, how will you be? And this is why. I grew up with a racist dad. Remember him calling me into the living room one night when Vanilla Ice was given some rap song of the year award because he wanted to crow that this was another thing white people were better at. I hate this garbage. I hate it even more now as a Christian when I truly understand what it means to be in, in all of us individuals created in the image of God. But that is also why I'm not bowing the knee to the collective white guilt mob. This is another one of your spirit of the age cults I'm not going to join. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care how many friends I lose. I don't care how many people who used to like me suddenly block me, because that happened a lot this weekend. I'm never, never, ever bowing the knee to your bail. Bring it. First, they wanted to just have you locked down over junk, flat earth science for EVs in order to destroy the economy. Then they want to have anarchy in the streets uh, to continue uh, ruining your culture with race riots. Um, When you have an opportunity, and, and these opportunities are dwindling in this day and age, but when you have an opportunity to do business with a company that provides a service that all of us need to some degree, and, you know, they're not going to weaponize the money that you give them when you pay them for it, but instead are actually going to back you up, take full advantage of it. And that's where Patriot Mobile comes in. Uh, they are trying to help by lowering their prices even further right now. Their U.S.-based team is standing by to design a customized family plan for you that begins as low as $25. A month. Patriot Mobile shares your values. They'll never charge you hidden fees. And unlike Big Mobile, they won't send your hard earned money to Planned Parenthood or other leftist causes as well. So you can get the same reliable nationwide service and support a company that supports you and your values and the constitution. It puts people before profits. Switching is easy. You can keep your own phone number, bring your own phone, or get All new, if you want to go that route. Right now, when you join their family of freedom-loving Americans, you can also get free activation and a free gift with the offer code Steve when you call them at 972-PATRIOT. A free activation and a free gift when you give them the promo code Steve at 972-PATRIOT, or when you go to the website, patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Our good friend Bob Vanderplatz is here from the Family Leader. Good to see you, brother. How are you?
5: Always good to see you. Doing really well. Thank you.
1: You remember Mayor Pete <laughs>
5: Buttigieg? Yeah. Took me a long time to get to pronounce his name halfway right.
1: Wasn't that like ten years ago?
5: That's a long time ago.
1: Remember when they rigged the Iowa caucuses so Bernie Sanders couldn't win, and we thought we that would be the end of Iowa?
5: And when it looked like the Democrat Party couldn't vote, didn't know what they were doing. Right. Took days to right. release the results. Did you know that earlier this year
1: we had an impeachment? We actually had an impeachment vote. Only the th- what is it? Only the third or fourth time in American history. That things that are happened. moving quick. That happened earlier this year.
5: Yeah. Remember? Like-
1: you remember when Joe Biden was dead, dead man walking, and then in a seventy-two hour period before Super Tuesday, when they realized Bernie Sanders was about to win, the Democratic Party and its media allies literally went necromancer. And helped him win a whole bunch of states that he never even visited once on Super Tuesday. Do now that? he's the nominee, and he's now he's the nominee. Did
5: you? I forgot Joe. Biden, I forgot all about Joe Biden, but yeah, he's but, the well, nominee. So,
1: well, uh, so is he. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you already have something in common. I bring all this up because life is coming at you fast right now, bro. Really it fast, not? it is. And and today is what June eighth. It's June eighth today, right?
5: 10 years ago, I ran for governor in the primary. The vote was today. Was it today? I reviewed the results and Darla said, let it go. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> um,
1: um, it's the eighth day of
5: June. It's only halfway
1: through. And already, we, we just talked about all the major evolutions that we've taken in, in the year 2020 so far. Let's take a look at what's already been put on the table for the month of June. Just this month, all right, these are these are the various propositions that we have been asked to accept on what is only the eighth day of June, only halfway through, all right? This is what's been asserted. That World War II and the allies on D-Day were actually anti-fascists. They were Antifa, basically. Riots are peaceful. Viruses kill you in church, but not in street protests. Police actually make cities less safe, Senility in a presidential candidate is admirable. It's just fine. And U.S. senators should not be allowed to publish op-eds. It's June 8th, Bob. It's June 8th. The summer solstice is about two weeks away. What are we going to be talking about then? Not just one ET landing, Multiple, multiple ETs from multiple different worlds landing here in our world. Your thoughts on what we have watched transpire before our eyes in just the last few days.
5: It, it, I mean, it's very interesting, especially when you put it in that context. And even when you look at, you know, we we're supposed to have a Final Four tournament. but Final Four was canceled. That seems like years ago. What, like, what, like who, who won the NCAA what, championship? What, what is a Final Four? Yeah.
1: I mean, I have totally forgot that. And yeah. and since I was 14 years old, I've literally lived my life around that sporting event. Yeah. I've taken days off of work, days off of school, and I totally forgot that it didn't happen this year. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I think what you're seeing, Steve, we just talked about this uh, in our devotions, and our team meeting. Uh, it's a world in chaos. It's a world trying to look to worldly solutions to solve everything. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, who would have thought? I mean, even us, who would have thought that defund the police wouldn't just be a trending hashtag, but it'd be actually something that the Minneapolis City Council is looking at doing, that they are going to defund the police. And that wasn't that long ago, but that makes no sense. It's a world in chaos looking for worldly solutions. And until we get to a plumb line of, you know pilots question, what is truth? You know what is, what is right, what is wrong? That's why my tweet last night, it was just a whole deal about let's just recenter things. Uh, An unjust killing of a citizen by a cop is wrong. Your outrage is probably right. But looting, violence, arson, destruction, additional killings, that's wrong. Peaceful protests, that's probably okay. That's probably right. Bad cops, that's wrong. Good cops, that's right. So what should we do? Be right, don't be wrong. Because you'll never be Right when you do what is wrong, but you will never to be wrong when you do what is right. And I think people right now are asking that question. So when you say revival or bust, I believe revival or bust, bigger than life today. And that is people need to look higher. They need to think bigger. They need to expect more. They need to find out what is truth and how do I love my neighbors as myself today.
1: Just had a friend of mine send me this, a little birdie friend of mine. Um, Tweet from Des Moines, Black Lives Matter. Have you seen this? I have not. Okay, congratulations to the people of Minneapolis for defunding the police. Okay, you're next at Des Moines government. Okay, and this was in reaction to Minneapolis City Council members have announced their intent to disband the local police department and invest in community led public safety. And they said, hey, they're going to bring this to our hometown here.
5: next." Well, they're going to bring it to everybody's hometown. I mean, and the thing is, what we highlighted last week was Des Moines kind of a model city right now. I mean, it's chief of police, the the partnerships that they've got built within the community. there's a lot of respect. That doesn't mean that a bad Des Moines cop can't do a bad thing. but I don't think the good Des Moines cops want a cop to do a bad thing. They does they don't want that to happen. But if this becomes a trending thing. What it does just keeps eras- keep erasing what God instituted government for. And that's first of all, order and justice. But we should seek those things well. You know, uh, love and mercy, and walking humbly at the same time. So again, I think it's a deal of what is right and what is wrong, and who gets to determine what is right and what is wrong. Because what we've got into for a long time, and we've seen it over the years, not just over the past couple of days or weeks, is my right trumps your right. My feeling trumps your feeling. I get to decide. So therefore, if we don't want a police department, we're gonna get rid of a police department at some point we have to ask the question about how's that going to work out for you at what point you know, ha, tell me how that's going for you
1: i think too what you're watching we, we got we talked about this with the university of iowa football program before you came on what's going on there because it's a national story but i think it also has national implications if you have two individuals that have invested as much in the lives of young black men and their families over the last 22 years as Kirk Ferentz and Chris Doyle have,
5: without question.
1: That, with with whether it's um, education, whether it's untold riches in the NFL, life-transforming events, and if right away, without really much of any specific real accusation, but just an overall sentiment or feeling or sense. Yeah. If, if their reputations can be destroyed and they're not given the benefit of the doubt, when they have probably invested far more in any given calendar year, frankly, they invest far more in the lives of, of, of black Americans than the vast majority of white America will in their lifetimes, just because of the, the, the racially diverse pursuit in which they work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the requirement of the job is mentoring and, and leading young men. And a lot of them are black. If they don't get the benefit of the doubt, then why would we give it to anybody else? And I think what what, this is why I'm not, you know, last week we had this conversation with you and we talked about the officers kneeling in deference to what happened to to George Floyd. And I said at the show on the show at that time, I got no problem um, honoring an unjust death. But the Borg doesn't stay on deck 16, Bob. hmm Okay? And the reality is that um, now this is, we all just admit, I had nothing to do with George Floyd's death. I feel no guilt or remorse about it at all, other than I'm sad for him and his family. But- I'm not any more guilty of that as I am, I, I don't know who threw a rock through Mr. Studebaker's window last week. I didn't do that either. I got enough of my own sins. I'm not apologizing or, or confessing to anything other than the sins I actually committed. When God made us as individuals in his image. We will all give an account for the lives that we have lived as individuals, uh, directly to him, and we won't have a group backing us up or any lobbyist or anything of that nature. So that's how the king of the universe who sent his son to die for us, he couldn't possibly, No one, nothing in this world could possibly love us more than him. So if he chooses to address us thusly, that's how I'm going to address everybody else. I'm not admitting guilt for anything, I'm not guilty of anything. When did I get my white privilege? When I was born to a 15-year-old mom? When we were on food stamps? When I failed the quick trip managerial exam? I'm not not succumbing to any of this. I don't care how many friends I lose. I don't care how many relationships I lose. I don't care how many bridges it burns. This is another spirit of the age cult. I'm never genuflecting to it ever, ever. I'm never doing it.
5: And I think, Steve, you're right, because we all can take a look at our own backgrounds and, what I'm looking at, when I say look higher, how can you be a voice for the voiceless? You know, we try to be that, the family leader, all the time, a voice for the voiceless. Matter of fact, we're, we're fighting like heck right now to get a Protect Life Amendment uh, into Iowa's Constitution to save unborn children. That's being a voice for the voiceless. People who, who can't speak up for themselves, if you can be a voice for them, great. How is it that you love your neighbors yourself? But those are the things I think we can look at the mirror and say, I can actually do something about this here. But to say that I now have to succumb to everything else, because you're exactly right, Kirk Ferris and Chris Doyle, those two guys are the epitome of not just the Iowa, but pretty much the national collegiate football world, as far as a tenured head coach and a strength program that is unmatched, and having all kinds of tributes paid to them over the years by former, former athletes. Now, some because of a couple of tweets, which I think, sure, we'll listen to it, But does that mean all of a sudden everything gets – they're guilty now because of that? Listen
1: listen means accept every accusation as true if it comes from a certain uh, disadvantaged group on the intersectionality scale. And if you don't, you're a racist. If you don't, you're a sexist. If you don't, you're a xenophobe. You are entitled to no defense of yourself. The amount of people I saw disappointed yesterday that Chris Chris Doyle came out and said – no way I'm going out like this. No way am I copping to anything I didn't do. I'm ta- and, and they told me to be quiet. I'm not going to be quiet. So let's bring it on. Let, you want an yeah. investigation, a conversation, let's do it. The amount of people that just wanted him to go away and accept the scarlet letter of racist absolutely pathetic and i can and i can look at every single one of those replies and say that guy's, that guy's never been in a fight that guy's never been in a fight that guy's never been in a fight that guy's a total puss that guy's a total wuss that guy's never been in a fight it's a it's just sad and pathetic maybe he is a racist i don't know but doesn't he get a
5: say in the matter Does, but here, doesn't but, he get a defense but here's what chris doyle's statement also said he said listen i know i can be better i know i got growth areas. i all of us do and if we say we don't we're lying to ourselves And he's saying, I'm willing to listen and have the conversation, but I'm not willing just to do what you say, to accept the guilt that's been placed on me and say, now I need to go away, because I don't believe that's the case either. Just like every good cop is outraged by what happened in Minneapolis to to George Floyd, that that should not have happened. But yet now we're going to we're going to blanket all the cops across the country and say, get rid of the police department because the action won. Let's hold that person accountable first. Let them go in front of a jury of their peers where he's even innocent until proven guilty. But we need some order. back. That's the back thing head. about
1: this that bothers me, too. You know, it's one thing if we all saw the heinous video of what happened to Rodney King and those cops walked. It's one thing if you lose your mind after sure. an obvious and after an obvious injustice and miscarriage of justice like that takes place. This, if anything, this guy's probably has no chance this officer does, if anything to get a traditional fair trial, given the political forces that are different now compared to twenty seven years ago when you had Rodney King. We're going to preemptively riot see because i don't think it's about george floyd i think that this is an excuse to de- just as the it's not about it, it, for maybe five minutes it was about a virus we didn't know anything about that was novel we were concerned about super spreader events and and we're not sure let, let's do the research it was really maybe about that for about five percent of people that were in on the decisions for five for five minutes and then the rest of the time it was about locking you down and destroying your way of life and i think that's the same damn thing that's happening here i think a week ago at this time it was about george floyd a weekly Later now, we're de- let's defund the police and Molotov cocktails. It's all it about, ceased being about him yeah. th- six days ago.
5: It's all about my agenda, whether it be defeat Trump or whatever it is. But I think what George Floyd, on top of coronavirus, what it has exposed is we are a very, very fragile nation. We're a fragile community. We're a powder cake. And I think what it is, because we have put our hope into things that do not have eternal value.
1: I think that's true. And I think it's also because too many people out there are complete and total wimps and have no balls and will just roll over and play dead. There's, I'm. If you're right now, black players won't come out and defend Chris because they don't want to get called Uncle Tom's on social media. Sure. White players won't come out and defend him because then they're racists. One prominent former Iowa football player got called a racist by another Iowa basketball player, former Iowa basketball player, for defending the actions of World War II war hero Niall Kinnick. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, the look at what happened to Drew Brees. The amount of people who are willing to stand up to this stuff. As opposed to, see, that's the bigger issue is, is, well, that's, that's no, what you said is the bigger issue. I take that back. But the side issue here is you have a combination of a loss of, of conviction and then a loss of balls to go along with it.
5: Well, it's thing, Steven. I got a little bit of ground to, to stand on when I used to be a high school principal. And the one thing I knew is that if I allowed graffiti to take place, no matter what, why it had, why it occurred, I was going to get more graffiti. If I allowed things to happen that should not happen. Right. If, if, if we didn't have discipline, if we didn't enforce discipline, if we didn't say there's a structure, there's a process to be heard, that's all that stuff, you're just going to have chaos within that school system. It's the same way in the country. There, there's, there happens to be order for a purpose. There happens to be process for a purpose. It's not a black or white issue. It's not a whatever the issue might be, but it's about let's look higher. Let's have God's law. What, what is real truth? I think we need to get back that day. We need to have a conversation about that day. What is truth and what is true love and how do they intersect to impact your society? Good to see you, man. Good to see you guys.
1: We will come back. Hour two, we're going to turn it over to you with our weekly town hall. One of our listeners has had it with Trump and he sees weakness. How would you respond to him? We'll get into that when we return. Greetings back with hour two live and on demand here on blaze TV radio and podcast Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre and all of you phone lines are open this hour at 888 933 that's 888 933 you can also let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program that's D-E-A-C-E like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. If you're a podcast listener, please leave us a five-star review, whichever podcast platform you prefer, Stitcher, iTunes, et cetera. The more of those we get, it certainly helps the show to grow. It pleases our overlords down in Dallas as well. And thousands of you have left us five-star reviews. Please keep those coming because it also pleases us. I think we've all demonstrated over the years. We have very fragile self esteems we, we could use that that daily affirmation we could we need to know from you that we are good enough we are smart enough and doggone it at least somebody out there likes us working from home means our data is more exposed than ever before because we're online even more than ever before that helps to also drive up the worst type of cyber crime known as home title theft when you're doing it all from home working in banking especially that expo- and shopping, deliveries, that exposes that data. Cyber criminals are targeting homes. They want the money that they can get by taking loans out against your house. And the crime is called home title theft and the FBI is warning homeowners against it. Home Title Lock is how you protect your home from these kinds of cyber thieves. Your home's legal title is online where they find it, forge your signature, and then they state that you sold your home to them. They then take out loans on your home and leave you with all that debt. Banks, your insurance, not even your identity theft service can protect you. But Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title so that this doesn't happen to you. Protect your home right now. Go to hometitlelock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim at HomeTitleLock.com. And while you're there, use the promo code Steve to get 30 free days of protection to help you protect your home through this crisis. 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code Steve, HomeTitleLock.com. All right, let's get to this week's topic. Because I have gotten this email several times in the last week or so. So I think a lot of it stems from dissatisfaction with the lack of aggression on the rioting. Maybe a dissatisfaction with a lack of aggression on the reopening. It could also be that a group of you are just getting really PO'd, being told that if you're rioting, it's okay to spread coronavirus. But if I want to open my business or go to church, it's not. So it, 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 could just, it could be a combination of things. But I've gotten a variation of this note from several of you in the last week. And this one's the pithiest, so I'm going with this one. Plus, I just think it's really cool to say, this is from Felix in Phoenix. I just like that. From Felix in Phoenix, he writes, enthusiastically voted for Trump last time around, talked to friends and family, encouraging them to support him. I've had enough of the empty lip service only to break promises later. Tucker Carlson is right. Well, maybe that's actually a fulcrum here. Maybe that that's the hinge point. The tipping point here is Tucker Carlson's rant last week. Tucker Carlson is right, says Felix and Phoenix. One caveat. If Jared and Ivanka were shown the door, I might be convinced to pull the lever for him again, but he'll never let them go. So I'm not voting for Trump again. Now, I don't, I don't really have a voice in this debate because I've, four years ago, I was like, this is never happening for me. I just don't trust him. Saw too much disingenuousness during the primary. Saw too little of the more thoughtful Donald Trump that I got to know. And it was just trolling full time. And I'm like, I didn't trust John McCain. I didn't trust Mitt Romney. I didn't vote for them either. So I've voted for a Republican nominee since 2004. I guess that's one thing I got in common with Colin Powell. <laughs> All right. But I'm like, this time four years ago, I'm like, this is just never happening. I get invited to go meet with him one-on-one. I'm not doing that. I just, I'm not going to get flipped. I'm just not doing it. I don't, I don't think I, 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 there's not enough of a record there. In fact, there's too much of a record of, a, of supporting things I don't agree with. And then you throw in the obvious character concerns and I'm just, I'm not doing it. And now we're four years later. And and maybe it starts from a position of expectations. I mean, mine were guttural, subterranean going in. And they've been way exceeded. And then I see that the American left, the stuff that shows like mine used to tell you they really meant. What they really mean is stuff like defund the police, right? What, What they really mean is they don't care if the baby's alive. They just want to kill it anyway. What they really mean is you have to use your business to promote their morals against your own conscience, right? The, the stuff that I used to theoretically connect dots for sure. audiences like this, Todd, and say, this is what this really means. This is where this is ultimately going to go. Right. The quiet part is all being said out loud yeah. now, right? And so you throw in for me, I'm just speaking for me. And and just like I didn't lobby people to not follow my lead and not voting for Trump last time, I, I don't know that you're going to see me lobbying people to follow my lead in voting for him this time, okay? Although I wouldn't rule that out either. It's just not on my radar right now. But throw in the fact that his accomplishment level has been far higher than I thought it was going to be, while also pointing out that, I think what Felix and Phoenix is pointing out here, we talk about this on our show all the time. There's the tough talking tweets, and then there's the, usually, the lack of action. But he has moved on some things that, you know, I've wanted the Republican Party to move on for years, and and, until now they have not. But then I, I have to now factor into my calculus. I'm just speaking for me. I now have to factor into my calculus where the most likely option political party is at and that they have, they have effectively, if not explicitly, declared war on me. And I, I simply can't ignore that. Maybe you can. I can't. So that that's part of my mental math as I work myself through this exercise, but I'm working myself through the. My point is, I'm working myself through the opposite side of this equation now. All right, I'm not I'm not looking at it the way Felix and Phoenix is. So my question for you, in responding to, or my question to you for the town hall today, our weekly Monday town hall here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. How would you respond to Felix and Phoenix? who said, hey, I've gone from enthusiastically supporting him, telling friends and family about him. I'm out. Tucker Carlson's right. I'm not doing this. Unless Jared and Ivanka are gone. Unless Javanka's shown the door. I didn't vote for them. I don't want that. That, that, I I just, I'm tired of it. How would you respond to him? 888-933-93 is the number. That's 888-933-93. 93. And and by the way, I'm not going to put any rules on this, which means some of the arguments in the past, I was like, you need to give me affirmative reasons on the day that defund the police is trending and the Democrat nominee for president has to come out and say, I'm not for abolishing police departments. This is not the day that I am going to say you cannot make a lesser of two evils argument. And oh, by the way, I've never denied that lesser of two evils exists. That's never been my argument. My argument has been everything is the lesser of two evils. So it's a fallacy. Everything is. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's that that to some extent in a fallen world, everything is the lesser of two evils. My wife married the lesser of two evils and so did I. Somewhere there's somebody better. This show is the lesser of two evils. And and sometimes it's the lesser of two evils in comparison to itself. Sometimes it's better, purer, more moral, holier than it is on other days. Sometimes the content is better than it is on other days. Everything, see, that's that's the problem with the lesser two evils. Everything is. So it doesn't define anything for me. Because to some extent in a fallen imperfect world, everything is the lesser of two evils. But now that we are sitting here and the and the stuff that shows like me were called paranoid conspiracy theorists, crazy, right-wing nut jobs for saying this is what leftists really meant. Now that this stuff is all out in the open, I'm I'm this is not the day for me to say you cannot make a but the Democrats argument. We're we're literally discussing abolishing police departments in order for you to demonstrate that you have white privilege that uh, allow your, your home to be eluded, allow your body to be raped, murdered, allow your grandparents to be home invaded because that can be the only true demonstration that you understand the privilege that you've been granted is to suffer for the name. I'm, I'm sorry. Was that another pun? I didn't, was that one intentional? Yeah, it was. But I am curious to see how many arguments are from that bent and how many of them are from an affirmative bent. So what do you think? What would you say to Felix and Phoenix if he was your neighbor and said, hey, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Or I want to talk about Trump to my neighbors or anything anymore. I'm not selling him anymore. I'm not even voting for him. At the very least, not told Javonka's gone. I didn't vote for them. I'm tired of that act. 888-933-93 is the number. That's 888-933-93. And you can even agree with Felix and Phoenix if you want. I just want to keep saying Felix and Phoenix. I like it. Doesn't that a cool name? Felix It's value added. Sure. And I like it. I like sure. it. All right. Um, so you can even agree with them or not. What say you? 888-933-93. Let's begin. And I, I definitely want to know what you two think as well. But let's start with Russ in North Carolina. Russ, welcome to the blaze. What, what do you want to say to Felix and Phoenix, Russ?
6: Well, first of all, I don't know if I'm more impressed with you saying Felix from Phoenix or Tough Talking Tweets. They're both tough to <laughs> tough to say. But I, hey, she I gotta, sells. I say,
1: she all, sees. No, I'm I can't. I huge, can't say that either. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah,
6: she sells at the T Uh I am a huge fan of you guys. I've been listening to you guys for years. I just want to let you know how much I love and appreciate the three of you. I have seen your demeanor go from. Uh, I, I. I. It's almost like you were for a minute there thinking that there was no hope and no reason for the show. And I actually, I think I messaged Aaron and said, look, you guys pick your head up because God's using you in a big way. My family enjoys listening to you and Thank we you. just love you all to death. I'm from Orlando, Florida, not too far from where you, uh, you live for, for a little bit near Castleberry near the high. Yeah, high. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the highlight there, but yeah,
1: absolutely. I remember seeing, um, I remember watching high Lie as a kid. You uh, bet. Yeah. Oh Yeah. And
6: um, the Benham brothers are good friends of mine. I've, I've done some ministry work with them up here in, in Charlotte, and I love that you, you're also, obviously, evenly yoked with them. Um, my answer, though, to to this gentleman is this: and, and we have to, you know, start looking at this thing eternally. Colossians three two says, you know, let's we got to we got to view everything from a, from an eternal perspective, um, and and that's where you got to you, you got to look at it because. In in the fall, we're not sure what's going to happen. Is, is he going to run again? Even I mean, we, we don't even really know. So you got to take it one day at a time, and you got to focus on uh, focus on Christ. And I don't know if the guy's a Christian or not. So there's something that's uh, sort of missing here. But I, I there's something near and dear to my heart on this. I grew up in Orlando, played football at University of Central Florida, and spent some time journeying around the NFL as a punter, um, and uh, didn't make it. But uh, I've got to meet a lot of uh, NFL players, and, and I've, I've talked with a lot of them here recently about, this, um, about what's going on. And uh, one of them in particular had, had a post about Kaepernick on Facebook, and I had uh, just posted on, on, his, on, on his comment or on his picture of Kaepernick, and it was basically a picture of Kaepernick kneeling and then the, the, the police officer kneeling on George Floyd, and America is more concerned with Kaepernick kneeling then 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 than George Floyd's uh, the police officer kneeling on George Floyd and I had to challenge him on it and but before I did I I, I just basically said hey look I'm praying for the situation and Stacey I just want you to know I love you that is it that's all I said on Facebook and uh, a bunch of his friends jumped down my throat and said you can pray all you want and um and, and all that but you know what are you doing what are you doing for what are you doing about racism Russ? and um, you know a lot of these friends are mutual friends I haven't talked to them in years but if but if but since they're asking I I I threw that out there about the um, uh, you know the individual I'm you know I'm like like I'm doing my part I've mentored young men here in in Lincoln County for 20 plus years the Benham brothers were a part of our ministry uh, for a little bit and uh, love those guys but these guys go on to say that because of my white fragility and my white privilege that I'm actually harming these black young men by, by mentoring them because I don't understand what it's like to be black. And I am sickened by this. Um, um, and, 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 you know, what really, start, it starts out with the man in the mirror. I mean, if, you know, every time I talk to one of my black friends, it really comes down to, to, in the end, I challenge them, it's the man in the mirror. If you love Christ, you're not going to be a racist. If you're a racist, you're not a Christian. I mean, you cannot be, you, 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 those two just don't live together. And it is my prayer um, that that we have someone to choose from. And, and uh, you know, everything is a lesser of two evils. Man, you, you, that's just spot on. And I would say to this guy to answer your question because I'm so frustrated right now because I'm because if we're silent too we're also you know we're not being sensitive enough. Um,
1: right. You're racist I if you're say- silent and you're racist if you speak up. Yes. The only, the only, the, so the exactly. only th- the only thing that doesn't make you a racist is to kneel. That's the only thing apparently. Yeah.
6: It, well, and, and then and then there the, the, and then the argument there is and I'm with you. I am not going to apologize for being white. I'm not going to apologize. Uh, for being racist, because I'm not, and I'll bow my knee to uh, I'll, I'll bow my knee to no one other than Jesus Christ, and that is it. And I'm with you. And you guys, look, keep keep doing what you're doing because you're y'all are making a, a a sweeping impression on America. I love you guys to death. Keep your heads up. Um, one of the things that we do in my family is Bible study, and also on Tuesday nights. We put our heads together so we can get on that buy, sell, hold. We, I mean, that is one of our things. Like we, <laughs> Wednesday, we are eating dinner and we're like, dude, did we make it? Did we did make you make aim it? higher, Russ? Yeah. Yeah. Russ, yeah. let me
1: give you some like, biblical accountability. You and your family <laughs> got to aim higher, my friend. All right. You've already wasted too much <laughs> well, we time on that. Keep it up. All right. Thank you, Russ. Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so, could I translate some of what Russ said as he was, try, he was connect, trying to connect various dots there? That ultimately, in his opinion, allowing a political candidate who represents these various impulses to win the presidency is affirming them in a way that that he is concerned about. Is that a fair yeah. analysis of Russ's call? I believe so. And, and, and I will tell you, that's the number one reason I did something in the 2018 midterms I had not done in 15 years, which is vote straight ticket Republican because of what was attempted with Brett Kavanaugh, a Supreme court justice, I warned you was not going to be good and has already not been good by the way. But it's, it's not, that's, that's separate. Separate. I, I, you know what? I don't think David Souter and Ruth Bader Ginsburg are good judges either. I'm not for besmirching falsely their character, bearing false witness and making it so they can't even coach their kids basketball teams if they want to because we've so scarlet lettered them and I would not be a part of that. So to me, it was about the point of if we set the precedent that they can just do this anytime they want, literally just lie and make anything up. I I felt like I, that what could I do? I do a show that pushes back on it. What else could I do? Would I be satisfied if I sat here on election day and they were victorious doing that? That that, that I felt like I did everything I could do to push back on it. And the answer wasn't for me anyway, no. And that's why I went and voted straight ticket Republican for the first time in a decade and a half. Because I wanted to send a message that's that's how we get, get doing stuff like this takes us beyond culture war to civil war this is that's excess that's outside the rules of engagement that that that'll do that's dissolve the union kind of stuff and i i wanted I, I viewed my vote in that midterm election as a as a as a vote against that if that makes sense completely but but that's my mental math you know we're individuals we all get to make our own uh, or determine our own mental math now we're, we're not accountable simply to ourselves for that math you're accountable to your creator for it ultimately but that's the charge each of us has so how would you respond to felix and phoenix let's go next to carrie in michigan carrie welcome to the steve day show here on the blaze carrie thanks for your call what do you think
4: hey steve thanks for taking my call i'm from missouri just just to oh, set my the bad. Record straight, go ahead
1: carrie okay. yep that's okay. When when I
4: hear Felix bring this up, it it really touches a, a a part of me that identifies with that because it's somebody who's setting standards, and he almost convinces me uh, to join along. But when when I think about it a little bit more, um, if if we got somebody in there from the Democratic side, there's there's no way we're going to influence them, and really that's kind of our our last hope here, is because is I know that even though. Uh, he, trump is being influenced by those who we don't agree with or, or from another world view we still have a chance here some of us you know like yourself have a chance to get the message in there to have you know some sort of influence and that gives me some kind of hope when we when we abandon that and totally withdraw we're, we're withdrawing our voice we're withdrawing, withdrawing our presence you know and we're, we're in a tough time right now you know one of the old testament scriptures that kind of deal with this it says um uh, You know when you've done all um that you can't to do you stand and you stand and just stand there you know and i I think that's part of our problem uh with christians and as as a nation is that uh we've come to a point that we're just standing but we're standing against things and if we'll stand for things that's when the, the spirit of the lord will come and he will bring that revival if we truly stand for things that are right
1: All right, thanks for the call, Kerry. Appreciate it. Down there in Missouri, where apparently the uh, the Lake of the Ozarks incident a couple weeks ago did not cause the black plague, it did after after all. So that's good to know. All right, so Kerry views in his mind he views not voting for Trump, given what the alternative is, as standing down. That's how he sees it. And he even shares some of Felix's concerns and appreciates him trying to hold a standard, but his concern ultimately is the standard of the opposition that he has absolutely nothing in common with that standard and that they're at a point now where they're ultimately going to push it as far as they possibly can and he views a vote for trump as a pushback against that you can agree or disagree 888 is the number let's go to virginia next which has i believe the worst governor in america that's where chris is at chris welcome to the show what do you think chris Chris, are you there? I think...
3: Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead, I think Chris. you're right about the governor. He, <laughs> he's pretty bad. The governor's pretty bad here.
1: Yep, he is.
3: Um, the uh, gentleman from Phoenix, and I kind of agree with the last caller, the caller before that, but why now? Why, why do you want to change now when this country is on fire? We've been voting for Republican garbage for 20 and 30 years now. And we just not had a choice of anybody. Now, when the country's burning down, is not the time to walk away. Maybe 10 years ago, when we were voting for the Bushes or the McCains or whatever, but now when the country's on fire and you hand it over to the Democrats, we're finished you know and i don't i don't know what else to say i don't i grew up in new jersey i moved to virginia came here in the 1990 and i was a, a cop here in the beach and i retired um you know i up grew up in new jersey and donald trump was a god up there he was the best that's all you ever heard about on the news was oh he built this he did that he's doing this donald trump was the greatest of course he came here and you know, started. He ran for president. And all of a sudden, he's the worst thing in the world because he came became more conservative. Um, but yeah, I would tell him why, why now. You, you just you can't change that now. It's not the time to do it. Um, my feeling is is that the Republican Party is horrible. I'm not understanding why we haven't done anything about that in the last 20 years, 30 years. Nobody says anything. I haven't heard anything from a Republican. I, I don't even I don't even know where they are. are. Are they are they here anymore? The one Republican that said anything was who? Mitt Romney. And he we don't want to hear from. But. He's out there walking yesterday, right? Or the day before. Who wants to hear from Mitt Romney? Well, but at least he showed up and did something, I guess. I don't know. Um, Tom Cotton is getting destroyed, too. But, you know, we expect that kind of stuff when it comes to the New York Times. Um, But I agree also with everybody. Um, I don't know. I listened to... uh, back this morning going back this morning if you can find that letter and read that letter he got from that somebody put out it was a cardinal from the uh from the Vatican
1: yeah I'm familiar with it yeah LifeSite News published it I read it over the weekend yeah I did yep
3: yeah biblical times yeah I I agree with that and and you know um I faced a lot of things when I was a cop and I tell you what I've never been more afraid than I am now
0: Mm. um
3: Last week, last week I sat down and I started watching the series of the Bible, and when I got to the episode, it was like episode four, when when Christ was born.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I just I fell to my knees. That was it.
1: Hmm. So that's great stuff, brother. I, I think that's where we are. Yeah, that I think that that's is
3: where we are. Yeah
1: and where we have to go amen amen that's great stuff and thank you for your service as a police officer as well god bless you man take care chris all right we got a few minutes before the break here so i don't know that i got time to be fair to another caller any thoughts on what we've heard so far
0: well what i've heard is a lot of good and decent Americans who are very, very frustrated with the options before them. Join the club. We've got jackets. I get it. Which is why I've said as I've never said otherwise that I I don't care what you do regarding voting for or against Donald Trump. I'm it. And I've been as transparent as I can. I said up until the time of coronavirus, I had no plans on voting for him. After c- coronavirus, my level of frustration with with how the lies, the deceit, how that was used for political gain, that uh, I was uh, very much in on a likelihood of voting for him. And then a couple weeks later, I, do you guys remember what he did that just I said, like, I'm back off the tr- I don't remember what it was, but it was something perfectly Trumpian and dumb. And now I'm just back in like this nebulous uh the one who is dumbest last loses i'll see you in november i i get it i absolutely get it make sure that you can sleep with yourself and you uh and look your god in the eye at the end of this thing that's the best advice i can offer you
2: for me it's this and i'm sure it is for a number of people as well I, i mean there are times when it's like uh To hell with his presidency. I I ain't voting for him. There are times when I'm just... I'm right about there. Maybe I am right there. And then the left goes and does something completely bat crap crazy. Pun intended. Um, Completely crazy. And then it's like, you know what? Another four years isn't that bad. I might vote for him again or uh, we'll be going along and then he'll do or say something and expand the Overton window in our favor. Say something that you're not allowed to say. And I said and I said, to myself, you know what? Maybe he hasn't accomplished a, a, a heck of a lot. But I wouldn't mind four more years of the Overton window being expanded a little bit in our favor. And then he goes in and tweets about uh, how, uh, you know, Joe Scarborough murdered, a, a, you know, a staffer. It's just this complete back and forth all of the time. And it's exhausting. It really is. I, I don't know unless you just really are divorced, which I kind of actually respect. If you're just so divorced from from actually getting your heart and soul set and you, you're yourself emotionally invested in what's left of America. If you're just here for you know what uh, the show, or I, I'm just here for I'm I, I got my guns and my Bible. Don't darken my door. The rest of this, I hope for the best, expect the worst. Uh, this is all just I kind of respect that if you just want the tweets and you just wants the want the kicks and giggles. I, I totally get that. But where I'm at right now, I still have. Some hope it's waning on a daily basis, but some hope that what's left of America can still be saved. And so that's where I find myself all the time. Is Trump a tool to help me do that or is he a detriment to that? And that's just he's never going to settle on one on on one of those things. He's just not. That's just not what the guy is is made up for. So basically todd's axiom in 2018 whoever's dumbest last loses if donald trump's the dumbest one last i'm probably not going to vote for him if it's the leftist democrats who nominate a guy with dementia if they're the dumbest ones last i'll probably vote for donald trump that's just the way it is listening to you
1: is a lot like the internal dialogue i had four years ago aaron and I want to pick up the conversation from there when we come back and get more of your calls as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. More in a moment. Are we on? We are on. My earpiece is not working now. It's just totally dead welcome back we're not on the air earpiece is dead are the lights on did we pay the light bill other
2: than that it's a great Monday
1: yeah it's going great okay so I hope you guys oh, when we take some ahead. calls here in a minute you guys can sign language because I, I can't hear anything in my earpiece now
2: can Todd talk for a while how about what, what's the next live read rough
1: greens I can barely even hear you from across the room But Rough Greens is for your pet because just like with our food, stripped of all the live organisms that our food needs, same thing has happened to our dog's food for the exact same reasons, mass consumption and wide distribution. So they got to take out all the stuff that would cause the food to, you know, spoil in a couple of weeks, which just so happens to be the stuff that it, we actually need. Those probiotics, prebiotics, antioxidants, omega oils, vitamins, nutrients. That's what we need. That's why we're taking so many of those things in supplement form nowadays. Same thing goes for our pets. That's what they need as well. And that's where Rough Greens Smart comes in. It's not a dog food. It's a premium dog food supplement that apparently also not is just nutritious, but Tastes great too. At least that's what our dog Cap thinks. He absolutely loves this stuff. So if you want to take the Rough Greens 14-day jumpstart challenge today for just $14.95, see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less for less than 15 bucks. Go to RoughGreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F for RoughGreens.com slash Blaze. That's RoughGreens.com slash Blaze. All right, before we take calls, I've got something I want to say in response to what you just said, Aaron. Sure. And then I'm going to figure out if I can get my earpiece to work so I can actually hear callers when we take them again.
2: I do have an idea. I can play smoking Cambodian toddler while you talk and I'll come give you the backup earpiece.
1: Yeah, I I may need that um, because my patience level is beginning to wear thin now, okay? But um, I was listening to you work out your own mental math with Trump and... It sounded a lot like the way I felt 4 years ago. Cuz one of my primary concerns, and I think we even talked about this on the air a lot, and when we were still with with Salem at that time, I said this to them. Let's say Trump gets elected and he's terrible. Or let's say he, you know, after he wins the nomination, he goes out there and just blows the general and says all kinds of stupid stuff that sets us back 10 years. Shouldn't we at least have like one show on our bird somewhere on the network who didn't throw all their chips in for him and has still has some credibility left for whatever the environment looks like the day after this, this, this is over. Remember we had those conversations? Of course. Because, and and we talked a lot about how, uh, you know, talking to a lot of families and a lot of people that work in the conservative movement and even in, in, within churches across the country. This generational dividing line. We used to talk a lot about that four years ago too. That if you were over 50, you tended to be totally all in for Trump. If you were under 40, you tended to be not in. And then if you were in that middle generation, our age group, you, you were kind of, well, I'm probably gonna vote for him because I don't want the communists to win. I just don't feel great about it. Now that's not a universal default setting, but that tended to be the trend line that we saw. And I was, I was concerned about allowing ourselves to get branded in this election in ways that would hurt us going forward. Remember? I'm not concerned about that at all right now. And the reason why is because if, if, if we don't beat, and this is, again, me talking, this is my opinion, my analysis of the situation, is that we have gone from a culture war that most people, even in my own industry, wanted to deny... To a to a cold civil war that is now out in the open now. If we do not win this cold civil war, it won't matter. It, it won't it won't matter what vestiges of conservatism are left for us to 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 you to to, to um, evangelize. Almost said eulogize as a Freudian slip. It won't matter what points we have left for credibility later for future generations. There aren't going to be any future generations. America is going to end as we know it. I believe revival or bust is now here. Now, if your argument is that defending every defending Trump's persona gets in the way of me promoting revival, uh, I won't argue with you on that point at all. If that's, if that's your, if that's your point of your line of demarcation, that's your, that's your line in the sand. It gets in the way. I can't talk to people about revival because I I have to constantly discuss every facet of every ridiculous, idiotic Trump tweet. Okay. Then you'll get no argument from me. I don't even pay attention to most of them and I don't care. And in my last book, I pointed out Trump to me is largely irrelevant. Meaning. The issues we have didn't start with him and they're not going to end when he walks away. Whether he walks away tomorrow, he walks away in January, or four years from now, after he's term limited. All all Trump did was make the other side think that it was now safe to be truthful about what they've really believed and wanted to do the entire time. I love my mom to death. She wants to call me all the time. Trump tweeted this. She knows more about it than me. I don't care. He's irrelevant to me because I was having these arguments before he got here, and I'm going to be having them after he leaves. So, in in my opinion, I this has this has devolved to a point that I'm really not so much concerned about what young millennials may think about immigration policy in ten years, because you know Trump said that one Mexican judge, and they sent us the rapists and thugs. I was concerned about stuff like that four years ago. But this thing is decelerated and plummeted so low. I'm not going to sit here and look at you and tell you right now into the camera. I'm I'm not going to assure you there's going to be a United States of America 10 years from now. I'm not sure that's going to be the
2: case. At this rate, I don't disagree. And I don't think a lot of people would disagree.
1: And that's why I don't have... That's why I'm not doing the mental math with the underbelly of his persona anymore because... I I think that um, the Visigoths are at the are at the wall, and I, I it's kind of irrelevant to me now. Doesn't mean I'm right. Again, this is just my own mental math that I'm working my way through in real time, like everybody else. Let's go back to the phones and see if I can actually hear anybody. Or Todd, you may have to translate later on. Let's go to Greg in New Hampshire. Greg, welcome to the Blaze. Go ahead, sir. Hey, guys, I love your work and uh, love
4: listening to you guys every day. It's a, it's a great place to be able to go and get some news. Um, I hate your comments on this discussion. I'm right with you on Felix. Um, I, I, you know, Trump's never going to get rid of his daughter and his son-in-law. It just won't happen. Um, but uh, one of your other callers made a comment that I think is really important uh, and, and it's a mistake is when we lump all Republicans in together. Um, we, we are, we'll never make progress as long as we do that. We need to be laser-focused on supporting guys like Massey and guys like uh, Jordan and folks like that. And I would say in the next election, the vote for the House against any establishment Republican. If we're going to lose the House anyway, let's get rid of the establishment.
0: Well... See that—that's another animal. He's talking about—it's uh, not just the presidency; it's—it's uh, it's about uh, winning the house, losing the house, how we win it, and with whom—with establishment candidates. I yeah. heard
1: something at the end, vaguely. If we're going to lose the house anyway, then vote every establishment Republican out. Uh, right. A kind well, of a defensive voting posture, which is if they're not going to have the majority, why do I care if there's 130 Republicans or or 198? Right? right. So. Just go ahead exactly. and get rid of all these pukes then and just have a... If we're going to lose, let's just have a purge. Is that what I heard him say?
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, now I I can see a lot of scenarios, uh, but uh, do you see a likely scenario that the Republicans lose the House and the presidency? I, I, Right now, today, I don't see that as likely. I think it's
1: absolutely possible because of... Uh, because of the balkanization factor. Because there's just too many districts they can't win, whether Donald Trump is president or not. And there's too many districts the other side can't lose, whether Donald Trump is president or not. Do I think that that it's hard to imagine Trump winning without Republicans at least gaining a few seats, right? Like the seat in California that they won back in the special election last month. That I agree with you. I agree with you on that but I could definitely see a scenario where they don't win back a majority in the house and Trump gets reelected. I could see that. Yeah.
0: No, but can you see one where he does not get reelected and Oh, that's Oh, the other way. No. And we lose the house. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Lose both.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I could see both happening. Yeah.
0: I don't, I don't, under the, if, if we, it, we aren't going to Like, I don't a see United... a
1: scenario where Republicans win the House back and, and Trump went and Trump loses. That absolutely isn't going to happen. But, but the Republicans could, could still, the Democrats could retain the majority and Trump could still win, or they could win the majority and Trump could win, but they're not going to win the majority and Trump loses. That's not going to happen.
0: Hmm. I don't, I, it, w- w- then we might not have a country. In 10 years. I mean, I can see the disgust over Trump's persona simply being a fait accompli on some level. But people realizing, um, I want a police force. And I'm not going to get it if I vote Democrat in the House. I think, uh, and these are my crazy voices in my head uh, talking here. But I, I, I don't have a sense of... If Trump's baggage is really the thing in the way, I, that's why I see it as possible that people yeah. just are finally... guys. I think it takes
1: way too much... In 2016, we did see... Like, Marco Rubio got 200,000 more votes than Trump did in Florida, okay? We did see Republicans in, in, in legislative races outperform Trump all over the country. But it, I... What it would take to do that with him now, he's branded the Republican Party. It's his party. It's just, it's just like Obama branded the Democratic Party and Reagan. When, when your guy wins the White House, he is the brand of your party. the The idea that you're going to carve out some kind of neutral ground apart from him, that's just not the way human relationships work. That's not the way political parties work. It's just, it's why I'm loath to join them, okay? Because I, I I like to have my own ground and, and you're really not permitted that. So the idea that there's going to be millions of Americans who are going to be like, no, if, you, if you're if you not voting for Trump, then you view the Republican Party as enabling the things about him that you don't like. You see what I'm saying? The amount of people that, 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 that are going to think like that are probably relegated strictly to an audience like a show like this. But corporately across the country, if you're not voting for Trump, it's because... And you're not voting Republican at all because you you view the Republican Party as having enabled him this entire time. At least that's what's in your mind. If you're not voting for him, makes sense. Oh, it, okay. Yeah, it uh, doesn't mean I'm right. Like said, that's just my analysis. I know. Okay. Like I said,
0: I know I'm acknowledging crazy voices in my head, but it, it, this, I, this may be in all politics as local on steroids possibly. I just think we need to open up a, a window into the souls of people doing things that the, the political patterns of the past just simply can't account for.
1: Let's go to Jim in New Jersey. Jim, hopefully you can make your point in about 2 minutes. That's all the time we have. Go ahead.
7: Yeah, hi Steve. Uh trust me I understand where Felix is coming from. Um trust when I saw the uh, fires burning out in Lafayette Square in front of uh, I don't know White the House, piece so that I, you I, jiggled. I mean, uh, so I was uh saying that I was when uh, when I was hoping actually they would sacrifice uh Jared to uh, to uh you know like major Duncan and last of the Mohicans um, from that standpoint, just uh, so I understand the feeling of uh, you know uh, giving Jared over the pagan mob. but I could tell you from my own perspective, I was coming home on Sunday with my family and pulling into my driveway. And uh, all of a sudden, as we pulled up, uh, we, we were doing some gardening and we just picked up some flowers where my wife went at to plant. And the uh, Black Lives Matter mob was coming around the bend. Uh, we knew they were having a protest down the road at the Barrel Hall, but to actually hear people coming around the bend. And chanting uh, slogans, and uh, I tell you, it's it's when your when your daughter looks at you and says, um, it's like, "What's going on, Daddy?" and my wife looks at me with fear, almost fear in her eyes, after we all know what's gone out on New York City about ten miles away, and you have to go to your garage and take your uh, rifle out of your gun safe just in case. Um, for me, you know, voting for Trump is a no-brainer.
1: Oh, that's a that's, yeah. a that's a that's a powerful case. Um, I can't argue with that. And what those who would promote that lawlessness would say is, hey, you you get a little taste of what it's like in these inner cities all the time. So again, it's not about equality. It's about get even, get evenism. Yet who's been running these inner cities all these years? Who's been in charge in these inner cities all these years? Democrats. Democrats have been. I mean, that's the part of this argument I don't understand. I got so many members of my own family who like hate the IRS and big government. And yet their answer is to then turn around and vote for more of it. I I, I can totally understand not wanting to vote Republican. I've been a Republican most of my life and and didn't want to vote for them most of the time. Okay, I totally get it. What I don't understand is the idea of, I hate this, so let me vote for more of it. The Republican Party has 10,000 problems. Responsibility for what's gone on in the inner cities. It's not one of them. Democrats have won have run all these cities for decades, sometimes for more than a century.
2: You know who made that point this weekend too? Talcum, Sean King, right? Tal, Talcum X, yes. Talcum X. Was the greatest. <laughs> Talcum but for him, but for him to make that point. <laughs> right, right. Maybe there is some self awareness after all.
1: Yeah, that's the I don't get here. Maybe we should do this as a country. Maybe this, maybe this is our last gasp before national divorce. Everybody that's ever thought that that is loyally Republican votes Democrat and everybody that's loyally Democrat votes Republican and just completely change the constituency deck chairs and let's see what happens. Meaning find out who's really committed to the agendas on each of their platforms and how much of this is just placating certain constituency bases for power on both sides. For the life of me, I don't understand why what's going on in the inner cities is racist and bad. So I'm just going to vote for all the exact same people that were running those racist and bad inner cities, impoverished inner cities all this time. Does that like I didn't understand voting, vote Republican for less government. They weren't giving me less government. So guess what I did? Guess what I did, Todd? I stopped voting Republican. Vote Republican for good judges. They stopped giving me good judges. So guess what I did? I stopped voting Republican because I wasn't getting what I was promised. Help me understand, though, the other side's argument, which is the inner cities are racist and poverty stricken. But they're all run by Democrats, so I'm going to vote for more of them. Help me to understand why that's just not dumb on a cosmic scale. That's going to do it for today's show. Back at it again tomorrow, we think, noon to Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace